You're listening to The Blues Report, presented by Nova Trophy. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Nova Trophy has been the proud apparel supplier of Bedford Minor Hockey for the past 10-plus years. From jerseys to hoodies to promotional products and awards, their local store in Bears Lake can help you find all things blues hockey. To purchase your official blues gear, visit their website at www.novatrophy.com and click on the Blues Store. Welcome to the Blues Report, presented by Nova Trophy for the week of November 11th to 17th. I'm your host, PJ Mackinnon, and here's what's happening around BDMHA. We have a great episode this week as I had the opportunity to sit down with the three Bedford Peewee AAA coaches after an exciting quarterfinal win at the Buster Harvey Tournament in Fredericton this past weekend. We talk about coaching, superstitions, managing expectations for players and fans, the Quebec Tournament, and lots more. Let's kick off this episode by looking back on the week that was and checking out some highlights and standings in our competitive divisions. In Adam AA action, uh, Bedford Blue had two wins and one loss and currently sit tied for third in the Adam AA division, while the white team had one win and one loss and currently sit tied for second. In the Adam A division, the blue team had one loss, while the white team had two wins this week. And in Adam A, uh, Bedford Blue sits uh, in first place, while Bedford White sits currently in second. In the Adam B division, the B team had one loss, while the white team had two wins and one loss this past week. The B team currently sits tied for fifth, while the white team is currently sitting in first place. In Pee Wee AAA action, uh, Pee Wee AAA only had one game this past week, as they were also in Fredericton on the weekend for the Buster Harvey tournament. Uh, last week, uh, Pee Wee AAA had one win and currently sit in first place in the Pee Wee AAA division with a slim margin lead over Glace Bay. Uh, this past weekend, unfortunately, Pee Wee AAA came up just a little bit short at the Buster Harvey tournament, uh, losing in the final to Shabukto by a score of 5 to three. Um, it was a tough go. You know, unfortunately, played well all the way through. They were undefeated up until the finals. Um, and then that match against Shabukdo just came out a little bit flat and unfortunately could not bring home the banner from that tournament. Uh, we'll get them back. Uh, we play against Shabukdo again on November 25th. So we will uh, get our revenge uh, at that game. Uh, in the Pee Wee AA division, uh, Pee Wee AA Blue uh, had one win last week, while the white team had one win and one loss. And in the standings, currently Pee Wee AA sits in second. Well, uh, sorry, Pee Wee AA Blue sits in second, while AA White uh, sits tied for third. In Pee Wee A action, uh, the blue team had three losses this week or sorry, last week, while the white team had w one loss. So tough week for the Pee Wee A division. Uh, Pee Wee A B currently sits, sorry, Pee Wee A blue currently sits in sixth, while Pee Wee A white sits in second in that division. In Pee Wee B uh, action, the Pee Wee B blue team had one win and one tie last week, while the Pee Wee B white team had three wins last week. That's a big week for the PWB white team. Uh, they currently sit uh, in first place in their division while the blue team is currently tied for third. In Bantam AA action, uh, the Bantam AA team had one win and one loss and currently sit in second place in their division. In Bantam A action, uh, the Bantam A white team had one loss and currently sits tied for fourth, 
while the Bantam A Blue team had one win last week, and they currently sit in second position in the division with a perfect 5-0 record, and all five of those wins come by way of shutouts. So they've got some pretty sweet goaltending on that Bantam A Blue team. Uh, congratulations, guys, and keep rolling. Hopefully we can uh, maintain that throughout the season. In Bantam B action, the Bantam B blue team had two ties last week and currently sit tied for fifth, while the Bantam B white team had one loss and currently sit tied for fourth. In midget double-A action, uh, last week, the Bedford team had one win and currently sit in second place, and again, another perfect 4-0 record for a Bedford team. And finally, in Midget A action, the Bedford team had one win and one tie last week and currently sit in third place. Uh, So up next, we are going to jump into our interview with the coaches of the Bedford Pee Wee AAA team. I hope you enjoy the interview and we'll catch you on the other side of that with some Blues news. Hey guys, we're here with the Pee Wee AAA coaches from the Bedford Blues, uh, BDMHA. Um, we have our three head co- our head coach, uh, Greg McDonald. Greg, nice to meet you. Thank you. And we have Pete McIsaac. Hello. And we have Matt Wambi. Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, all right, good. So we're here, actually, we're in Fredericton. Um, we're here for the uh, annual Buster Harvey tournament, and... Um, we had some, uh, we had a nail biter tonight, guys. Um, we were, uh, playing against Acadia, um, which was, uh, you know, uh, obviously a fellow or a local Nova Scotia team, which was awesome. Um, which I think, what did we say? There's five out of the eight teams in the yep. quarterfinals yep. Were, yep. were Nova Scotia teams. So shout out to all the Nova Scotia Pee Wee AAA teams. That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, and that kind of leads me into kind of, we'll kick it off with, what are your guys' thoughts so far on the changes to the Pee Wee AAA um, system in Nova Scotia? I guess I'll take the lead on this. Yeah. Um, you know, we were we were really hesitant when they brought the league in. Yeah. Uh, we liked the model of if it isn't broke, don't fix it, which was certainly true for the Metro teams. Yeah. But uh, I can understand why the rural teams we're pushing to get this league done. Yeah, I know if you lived in any nation, you had to go play down in Yarmouth. Like that's that's a tough schedule. Yeah, so I can understand why they would want a localized league. I understand why they did it, and we had our hesitations, but quite honestly, it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, I'll give hats off to Hockey Nova Scotia. It's been really, really good. Yeah. our trip to Cape Breton was no problems. Yeah, uh, the Cape Breton teams would come up here and had good times. And uh, it's got to be working early on as we see the results in this tournament. Like yeah. you said, five Nova Scotia teams advance, and now three are in the semifinals. So yeah. it's it's looking good for the province. Awesome. Um, and uh, as far as you know, coaching goes, um, philosophies, all that stuff. Uh, three different guys on the bench. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about this when you gave our parent meeting at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about you guys having very different coaching philosophies, um, but for the most part, you kind of mesh them all together and they work. Um, you know, Greg, you kind of said that he, being the head coach, you don't always have ton to say on the bench, right? You kind of step back and let uh, Pete and Matt take some of the lead on the bench with their specific D group and, and forward group. How's the dynamic for you guys been working over the last number of years? Yeah, so uh, <coughs> I'll let these two talk about what they're what they do on the bench with yep. the forwards and D respectfully, but... Basically, we've all been on coaching staffs before where, you know, the head coach just runs the show and the assistants just stand there, basically. And yep. uh, I was part of that myself. And 
I know when I became a head coach, I said, we need to have all three coaches have equal say on the bench. The kids need to know they can come to any one of us and just get the same answer from any one of us. So during the games, I have complete faith in these guys running the lines, running the matchups, whatever they need to do. And uh, my job's easy on the bench. All I have to worry about is what the other team's doing and how to counter it. And right. uh, I'll let these guys speak to the what they do on the bench and what they look for and how they run the bench during the game. Right. Well, I think you just have to have some balance and some trust in each other. Um, so Greg obviously has that with Matt and I, and um, he allows us to do our job and just focus on the forwards and uh, what we want them to do. Um, and it makes it really easy. Yeah. So, um, you know, he doesn't have to pay attention too much to that. Right. And he can just focus on the whole entire aspect of the game. Right. So um, my job is just to make sure the forwards are in position. You know, they're supporting the D, giving them options, uh, making sure they're in the right spots. And um, other than that, if the team's doing something different that I don't like, I like to try and counter it. Yep. So uh, we make adjustments and changes on the fly. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we work well together. I think that's why we've yeah, been together for, sure. for the last five years. Yeah. Right, and, and speaking of last five years, not to, I, I'm, I'm kind of forcing Matt not to talk here, but uh, <laughs> I know he doesn't want to. He's not a fan of the, the talking. So, But to talk about that, that idea, you've been with the team actually for nine years. Nine this years, is your ninth yeah. year. What was it like when you had somebody like Greg come in as, as a head coach? Because obviously there was a head coach prior to him, and I personally don't know who it was. Um, be honest, Pete. Yeah, yeah. This is. I haven't really thought about that, to be honest with you. So this is one of those hard-hitting um, questions. I said I was going to come with. Yeah. But what, what 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 was it like having you know? Obviously, Greg came in with maybe a slightly different philosophy, or or it changed kind of the way that you operated on the bench potentially. What was that like when Greg came in and sort of made a change? I think Greg was actually more open. Um, you know, he he allowed us to do what we wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the the other guys I coached with, um, I was I was young at that time to be honest, so sure. I was learning. Yeah, that was a big part of it. So, um, I, I I wish I had more time to think about this and elaborate, but um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, you came into obviously a situation where he had already been on the team yep. for four years prior to you showing yep. up and kind of had a lay of the land and how it worked. So yeah. you had to come yeah. in and kind of go, hey, you know, I'm going to make a few changes mm -hmm. here. Hope that doesn't, you know, rub you the wrong way, but here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, well, so like the, <coughs> sorry to cut you off, Pete, but the, the biggest thing I think that helped us the most was when I came to Pee Wee, Sean told me to coach Pee Wee's. I, we all started in midget, all three of us. That's right. where we started. We started coaching midget AAA, the three of us. Okay. All at different times. Me yep. and Matt coached together for one year, but Pete went to Pee Wee first, and then after a few years in midget, Sean said, you know what? Our peewee coach is going to be leaving, and we want you to run on peewee. And okay. Super hesitant at first. I'd never coached that young. Yeah. But uh, I said, yeah, I'll see what it's about. And the biggest thing that helped was Pat Sampson was the peewee AAA coach at the time. He okay. coached for, I think, three or four years as the head coach. I think he did two years, he, yeah, and one year as assistant coach. Yeah, so okay. he was the head coach. And when I said I do peewee, Pat said he'd stick on as assistant. So Pat and Pete were instrumental at telling me like this is how we ran things like okay. this is the things that work in peewee awesome, as opposed okay. to midget and then i put my own twist on a few things but i didn't yeah. want to change too many things okay like there were times throughout the year where pat still wanted to like take the reins and i'd let him and yeah it was a good adjustment honestly i think it was a good adjustment for pete and myself to get used to each other with pat there yeah and then the year after that year pat got married and wanted to start a family and that's when we brought matt in okay. but uh cool. I, I credit pat with all of the all of the you know, learning and yeah. adjusting to Pee Wee from Midget that we learned. 
So well, I, I, I credit Greg, too, because, um, you know, um, Pat was originally the head coach, so he's going from head coach to being an assistant, to an assistant coach, coach. yeah. Right? So, like I said, Greg was able to be open um, to listen to our ideas and what we had. Yeah. Um, so that was big. That's good. And that made for a smooth transition, I think. Right. Yeah, you never finish learning as a coach. I, w- I think we all believe that. that of course. No yeah. matter what, even guys in the NHL, like, they say they never finish learning. We can always pick something up from another coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you guys have obviously, over the last number of years, you guys have had some really good success with the PV AAA team. Um, you know, going back to... You know, actually, a question that kind of popped in my head as I was driving along, and I said to Atlanta, I said, here, write this down, because I want to ask these guys about it. So two years ago, we'll go back, we'll talk two years ago, you guys had a team that was expected to win it all, <laughs> oh, okay? No. And, and and there was lots of talk about it. You know, around the association, the buzz was this Pee Wee AAA is probably going to be the best team that ever played out of Bedford. Um, they were going to win it all. They were going to go to Atlantics, and they were going to take it all. And... Yes, fast forward, your regular season, you guys finished undefeated in the regular season, correct? Yeah, yeah that's correct. So you finished what, with 32 wins? Whatever. I think the regular season was 28 at the time. 28. So 28, uh, no? No, we went 27-0-1. Oh, yeah, we had okay. one tie. The one game after the Jordan Boyd tournament that we won, uh, we okay. tied Tassel the next We day. tied Tassel, right. yeah. yeah. So you guys obviously had a ton of success. Um, you were expected to win it all, and then you go to Atlantics, and unfortunately you placed second. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a hard pill to swallow, I'm sure. Um, then, okay, then fast forward to last year. There was also another team that was expected to win it all. So what do you, you know, there, there's a lot of expectation that everybody always puts on a team, and I believe that our team probably has a lot of those outward expectations. How do you manage that stuff throughout the season, and how do you, how do you go from – you were expected to win it all, and you didn't. And then the following year, you weren't expected to be there, and you came on, and you really were super successful. How do you well, manage that stuff? That is an excellent question. Let <laughs> um, I me mean, tell the first thing first. Two years ago, with that group, that's now the Barons group right now. Yeah. Unbelievable hockey team. Unbelievable group of kids. Yeah. Um, you know, they bought in right from day one, and that group coming up from Adam. That's all we were told was this is the group. Like this is the group to win it with. Yeah. I find with outside expectations, as much as we try to shield the kids from it, eventually they start feeling the pressure of it. Sure. They start yeah. feeling the pressure. And I think that year, when they really started feeling the pressure was Quebec. Okay. When we went to the Quebec tournament. Because we started playing teams that weren't afraid of us when we went there. Right. And they started pushing back against us. And mm-hmm. the kids started realizing we're not as good as we think we are. Okay. And there are teams out here that will beat us if we're not prepared. Yep. And... We went to Atlantis that year, and I will give every single team in that tournament credit from Charlottetown to Tricom to Moncton to the Northwest Pioneers. They were all extremely prepared for us. Okay, We came in as the undefeated team. We ran playoffs undefeated. We ran provincials undefeated, and they were all really prepared for us. And we were lucky to get out of the round robin, to be quite frank. We had to score late in the game like we did today yep. on a six-on-five. We won in overtime like today to get to the final. And that Northwest team had two kids that were just unbelievable. But right. as a team that's expected to win it all, and I know Pete and Matt didn't talk about this, it's tough as a coaching staff to keep the kids grounded. Sure. Because all they hear all year from parents, from other kids, is you guys are the team. You guys are going to win it all. You yep. guys are going to win it all. And what we try to do every single year is have them focused on the task at hand. Yep. Say, listen, we have a long-term goal in mind, which might be get to provincials. Yep. But we can't do anything about provincials right now. That's in March. What we have to do right now is worry about who we play next. 
and all our focus has to be on that D. And I think the team last year, why we were so successful and able to get where we wanted to be with a team that no one, quite frankly, no one thought we were going to be there. And everyone last year had another team in mind that said, you know, they barely lost all year. They won all the tournaments. They should be there. Peewee hockey is weird. <laughs> I mean, peewee hockey is strange. You're dealing with 11, 12, and 13-year-olds. Right. Anything can happen on any given day. And we saw that in provincials. We see it every year in provincials. Right. And last year, one of those weird things happened. We took advantage of it, and we got two Atlantics. And once we did, it was just one of those things where the kids believed so heavily in themselves yep. that there was no one that was going to beat them. Yep. That's one of those things as a coach that you see how far you came from the start of the year to the end when everyone had their doubts about us, and it switched to uh, everyone started believing in us. Which is, uh, it's one of those feelings that's just just unbelievable. But it was awesome. I was actually there. <clears throat> I drove up to watch your guys' final last yeah, year I in Picto. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome to see. You know, obviously, for everybody who knows, I do all the Twitter stuff for, yeah. for the the association yeah. and the social media stuff. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to be there. I was like, I want somebody. I'm gonna live tweet this game so that people can f- yeah, you know, tune awesome. in and see what it's all about. Um, so that was really cool. It was a really cool experience to s- to see you guys get there. And obviously to know that Tassa kind of fell flat. You know, they yeah. had one opportunity. Everybody was, again, that pressure was solely on their shoulders to mm-hmm. win it all. And unfortunately, that West Hands team walked in and said, no, that's not what you're yeah. doing today. Um, yeah, so not having experience was. Yeah, not having those expectations on us um, during provincials obviously helped a lot. Um, one thing I learned from early on in coaching was that uh, you got to be prepared. Yeah. Okay. There's too many good coaches in this league that are going to get their kids ready. Absolutely. Um, and they're going to come out and play, and they're going to push hard. Yep. And you've seen that this weekend in, in, in this tournament. So um, I always push prepara- preparation, mm-hmm. okay, make sure you stay in focus, getting in a routine. Um, and I learned that quickly. Um, we had a team nine years ago that never should have lost a game because right. okay. uh, we had an exceptional hockey group. Yep. Um, but we ended up losing four games that year. Okay. We never won. We never lost any big games down the stretch or anything. But um, you know, we we had a team that uh, should have won every game, but yeah. it just wasn't the case because teams prepare. Sure. Right. If you're not ready to go and you don't get up for a game, then you're going to end up on the wrong side of the score. So. So if you prior to these past five years, then did you already have an Atlantics championship? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So it was with that group. Back it was then. with that group. Yeah, <laughs> it was with that first group I coached that year. We awesome. had a uh, special group that year, obviously, and cool. um, a lot of those kids went on to play junior A, major midget. A couple okay. went to the Q. Cool. And um, you just you just don't see that. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. But that's pretty cool for you guys to obviously have had an opportunity to coach kids that make it through that uh, through that path and make it up to that level. So. Um, kudos to you guys to kind of being. Can uh, I just interject on one yeah. thing Pete had to say there? Um, <laughs> I just know I just wanted to give a quick shout out. He said coaches are really good in this league. I want to give a shout out to the coaches in this Pee Wee Triple A league so far this year. Yeah, you know there have been some excellent games we've played this year, and there have been games where coaches are countering what we're doing, and we have to counter what we're they're doing. Yeah, and we've seen other teams play each other, and between like you know there we obviously know a few coaches around the league sure but there's i think every single coaching staff this year has just been excellent and they've been stepping up no one's just showing up to the rink and throwing lines out like everyone's taking it serious yeah there are some really really good coaches in the peewee triple a league good. really good coaches that know their hockey 
And yeah. uh, I just hope everyone takes notice of it. Yeah, for sure. And we, well, hell, as us as a parent group, you know, we sat in the, in the room last night just shooting the breeze when you guys weren't around and we were like these guys were at the rink at eight o'clock this morning you know scouting yep. out the, the, the teams yeah. that we're going to be playing like, as much as Wambi hated it we were <laughs> that's okay but uh you know it, it is it is true that you're there you have a passion for the game you want to see these kids be successful your goal is to try to help them be better hockey players better people mm-hmm. um and i think you know from from my perspective and my experience with my child on the on the team you know, you guys are doing a great job. You're turning them into great young people. Um, not only just, you know, peewee hockey players and awesome players on the ice, they're really becoming great kids off the ice too. And you guys really do a great job of, of pushing that 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 aspect of, of it's not just about hockey. So, you know, we appreciate that as a parent group, and I think the association appreciates that. You know, for those people who don't know, these guys are also on the ice you know how many hours a week with the core skills group so pete and i do monday core skills with the adam group we do wednesday core skills with the other peewee teams matt and myself does d camp every thursday night right uh, so and we practice saturday we usually play sunday so friday's our only day off throughout the week yeah no so the, the the people out there who don't know these guys or at least don't think they know these guys these guys are you know you guys are out on the ice multiple times a week and really helping out uh, you know develop our kids and and I, I the bedford association is really um, a step above everybody else, in my opinion. Yes, we are BDMAJ people, <laughs> so we're going to say that. But the reality is that our core skills program, designed by, I'm assuming Sean McKenzie yep. is at the helm of that, and kind of came up with that concept. I, you know, all I see now on on Twitter is all the other associations doing something similar, right? Yep. And so the biggest form of flattery is imitation. Mm-hmm. So when other people are doing something, they obviously recognize that our association is doing some pretty cool things. So, um, but you guys do a great job with that. Thank you. I'm going to bring Matt in now. So in my short experience with this team, and it's only been a couple of months, um, I've heard you guys talk an awful lot about superstition and being superstitious. Uh, (laughs) I want to hear what are some of your guys' current superstitions, like one of them being that you've got a parking space out here in Fredericton (laughs) that nobody else is allowed to park in. But why why do you feel that the superstitions are there, and, and what are some of the funnier ones that you guys have? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, ever since I was a kid, it's been, you know, a lot of superstitions playing. And now that I'm coaching, I like to just carry that stuff uh, over. And I guess the parking sign started three, three years ago. Three years we, ago, yeah. So you guys bring your own We got a parking sign, sign yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we found uh, a parking spot that was working for us in the hotel uh, parking lot. Yeah. And we, you know, needed to find a way to make sure nobody parked there. So we went to Home Depot and... Grabbed a sign and slapped it on the lamp post, and it's been been working for us. So I'm I'm not a big believer in superstitions. I look at them as more as routines. Yeah. So you know, three years ago we found something that was working. We thought, oh, maybe this parking ball had something to do with it. Yeah. And we said we got to keep it. <laughs> and you know, there's other teams staying at the hotel, so we were a little nervous that we were going to lose it. Yeah. So we we finally decided, oh, we got to go to Home Depot and get a no parking <laughs> sign. <laughs> 
This is awesome. Uh, the, if the Freder- if anybody from the Fredericton Inn is listening, don't don't get mad at us because you know our guys are probably breaking we, rules out there. We we didn't hang it up this year. I will say that's that. Good. That's we good. have yeah. it though. It's in the it's trunk. it's in the it's trunk, in the trunk though. Yeah, you'll pull case. it out if you have to. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, funny enough, you know, obviously I hear some superstitious stuff in the in the stands too because all the parents are like, "Well, you you were sitting there last time when we won, so you got to sit beside me, and <laughs> yeah, you got to stand up here, and you got to do that." So anyway, I guess it, it is all part of sports. And you know, people want to people want to be successful. And if we think that those little things are going to help us uh, step forward, then we'll we'll certainly try to do that as much as we can. Um, Matt, what well, your experiences with the team? Obviously, you, you handle the D side of things um, from the from from a coaching perspective and from the bench. Um, what's your experience been like over the last? You've been with them five years as well. Yeah, this yeah. is my fifth fifth year with the team. Yeah, uh, you know, I had another year with Greg uh, back in Midget. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, when I started coaching, you know, in midget, it was oh, I'll never coach Pee Wee. You know, I, it's way too young for me, and I don't really want to, you know, get in trouble for cursing at kids and stuff. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, but it is hard to relate to kids that are, you know, I I experience it. I can't relate to other people's kids. I can relate to my own kids and this kid, this crew of kids. But throw me in a room with a bunch of eleven and twelve year olds that are not my kids, and I'm going to have a tough time. Yeah, I think to I think it was. You know, I thought it was going to be harder than it actually was. Yeah. I mean, you know, even, you know, the kids are, you know, I think they're a lot smarter than I thought they were going to be. Right. From going from midget to yep. peewee. And, you know, in some cases, I think they're smarter on the <laughs> ice than some midget <laughs> players are. So. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I was I was hesitant about it, too. Um, I obviously started at midget as well. But um, what I like about peewee kids is they're eager to learn. Right. right. Midget kids are, you know, they're on their way out, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. You know they're they're a lot older. They're dealing with girlfriends, jobs, yep. right? So um, peewee kids, you know, they're they're looking to take the next step, right? right. So uh, that's what I j- enjoy most most about it. I will I will say this about Matt, especially with the D, and not only the D, actually the whole team as a whole. Um, I know Matt was a little hesitant at first coming to peewee with us. Um, I remember the first time we met with him to come to peewee with us. And how how we had to convince him <laughs> to yeah. jump with us, yeah. but uh, I I hope it was a good decision for him. I hope he's having fun. But I can tell you, if you go back through the years, the five years he's been here, and you ask him who their favorite coach was, I can guarantee you all of them will say Matt. Okay, every single one of them. Awesome. I can guarantee it, just because you know you need that guy that's just will joke around with them and yeah. he'll be the, he'll be friendly with them. And but when it's time to be serious, they know when he's serious. Yeah, of course. And you know they they know that he cares a lot. They know that all of us care a lot. Yep. And as as the head coach, I don't like calling myself the head coach, but all as right. the head coach, yep. I have to be hard on them a lot. Sure. And that's where Pete and Matt come in, and they're really more friendly with the kids. And yeah. Uh, it's it's a dynamic that works. It's been working for you guys for the last number of years. You guys have ha- obviously had great successes. Um, you know, they the, the old saying goes, if you want to be superstitious, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's right. Keep it rolling, keep it going. Uh, the last thing I want to kind of talk about uh, before we finish up today <clears throat> is uh, the Pee Wee AAA Quebec um, tournament. So obviously for those who don't understand, there are two specific tournaments that go on at the same time uh, in Quebec City. Uh, one is the International Pee Wee Tournament. The other one is called the BSR, correct? You yep. guys correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yep. Um, so, uh, obviously, Bedford has 
gone there for a number of years, obviously every year that you guys have been coaching, correct? Correct. Correct, yeah. Awesome. So g- give me a little bit of a, sort of a, 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 your thoughts on the tournament itself, what your guys' experience was. Did you guys, before we start, did you guys ever play in it before you actually went no. as coaches? No. Okay, so this, I hope it. none of the kids are listening to this because this is one of the questions on quiz we give them on the way to go back on the bus. But <laughs> oh, okay. none, none of us have actually ever played. I never played Pee Wee Triple A. Okay, yeah, that, I'm sorry. And I was going to ask you guys it later. We'll get um, this, and then I'll flip it yeah, into the front sure. of the interview because yeah. I'm going to ask you that stuff. Yeah, so um, I'm going to let Pete talk about Quebec first, and then you can give your thoughts on the tournaments, and um, then I'll let Matt go because I, I have something pretty long to say about the Quebec trip. Well, I, I want to give my thoughts just on the Quebec trip itself. Um, for me, it's just not another trip. Yeah. You know, it's an opportunity to get away with the group. Um you're on a bus. People don't experience the bus trip, um, or most people don't. Um, so I like teaching them things um, that they don't get uh, with other tournaments. Right. Um, you know, you got to keep the bus tidy. You, you know, you got to learn how to eat and um, take care of yourself while you're away. Yeah. You're away for a week. That's a long time. Um, kids aren't used to that. Yeah. Um, and as you progress to the next level, like Major Bantam and go on to Midget, You'll find yourself on a bus more often. Sure. Um, and you got to know how to act. Uh, and you got to go know how to take care of yourself when your parents aren't around. So um, we look at this tournament as an opp- opportunity to do that. Um, and that's why I enjoy it. It's not a, just another tournament for us. Yep. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I I consider myself a bit of a late bloomer. So I never <laughs> I never played Pee Wee Triple A either. So. <laughs> that boy. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's you know, the kids are learning stuff in Pee Wee that I was learning in Major Midget, and you know, it's definitely beneficial to learn it now and yeah. and be ahead of the game that way. So cool. Yeah, we uh, we actually skipped a year of Pee Wee, okay. like it jumped over us. Uh, me and Greg did, so we only had one year Pee Wee, unfortunately. Oh, so okay. right. um, never never had the opportunity for that second year. Which, which I think was crucial, but <coughs> there was also hitting in Pee Wee when we yeah, played. Yeah, there was yeah. also <laughs> hitting, so yeah. it was well, a little different back then. There was then. a thing called a two-line pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of well, listen. There's a lot of talk in the stands for for multiple families and parents to to bring a little bit of contact back into Pee Wee yeah. because I yeah. think there, I think it does them a bit of a disservice to jump from Pee Wee into yep. to to Bantam and and not have that any of that contact experience. So. Yeah. Well, well uh, I think Quebec's got it made. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll see when you get up there, they allow a lot more contact, a okay. lot more rubbing out, and that, and um, we just don't allow that down here. Right. Which uh, I think that's something that we need to implement and let go a little bit. Side to side contact. Yeah. Should be allowed, and um, for whatever reason, it gets called down here. Sure. But I think that's <laughs> something that we can look at changing. Interesting. So for myself, uh, for all the kids listening, I never played Pee Wee Triple A. I played Pee Wee House. Okay. Um, and like Matt, I was a late bloomer. I played house league until Bantam. I think I played Bantam. Yeah, I played Bantam A and then Bantam A again, then Midget A, then Midget Double A, and then Midget Triple A, Major Midget, and then Junior. So for all the kids listening, you know your hockey journey is far from over. You never know when you're going to put it all together. Yeah. And uh, I think we as a coaching staff do a really good job at that at recognizing kids that are late bloomers. Okay. We've taken kids from Pee Wee B over the years. Yeah. We've taken. We don't care where you come from. You can play house league. And if we look at you in tryouts and say, this kid can play hockey, we can work with this kid, yep. we want him. Awesome. So um, as far as the Quebec trip, I'm a big believer in the Quebec trip, and I'll tell you why. Every single year we've gone to Quebec, we've come back stronger. 
okay. as a team. Yep. And it's not just the hockey, as Pete said. It's the teaching. Every we've gone to Quebec, we've had a great bus driver. Um, this year we have Hank. He's taken us three or four times to Quebec. Yep. Awesome guy. He wears our team jacket, wears our team toque. Yep. The kid, we tell the kids, listen, this guy's your best friend for a week. Right. You guys need to learn that when you're older, the bus driver is your best friend. Sure. If you take care of the bus driver, your life is so much better. Right. And as Pete said, the Quebec trip is all about life lessons. Yep. It's not just about the hockey. It's about the pin trading, which, yeah, it can be ridiculous, but we don't do anything with the pin trading. We send the kids into the pin trading area, and we say, if you get ripped off with a pin, you get ripped off. Yep. If you make a nice trade, you make a nice trade. Yep. They have to go up to other kids, make trades with their pins, and figure it out. Right. And the whole trip, we take them to a spot called the Pasta House, which Sean McKenzie pointed us to. Super nice restaurant. Like, it has to be like a 4.5 out of 5-star restaurant. Like, yep. it is unbelievable. And we take these 11, 12, and 13-year-olds to this restaurant. Yep. And we tell them, listen, there's business deals going down at tables beside us. Like, you guys need to be on your best behavior. Yeah. And every year, they knock it out of the park. They sit there, no cell phones, no hats. They sit there, and they talk quietly, and they're super respectful. And every year, the waitress staff says, we cannot believe how well-behaved that group of kids was. That's good. Because they've straight up told us like they don't allow many hockey teams in there to eat. Sure. And it's a privilege for us to go there. And the whole trip is a privilege, whether it's Val Carche going down to Toboggan Hill and bonding with the team. Yeah. Whether it's going to the Videotron Center and watching elite teams from around the world play. Yeah. Everything's just a team bonding experience. And I know a lot of people hate on the trip and they say, well, why is this trip a thing? It costs so much money. And I understand it takes a lot of money. And it's a hardship on the parents. Yeah. And it's a hardship on the parents for their vacation time. And it's a hardship for us as a coaching staff on our vacation time. Yeah. We're three volunteer guys where we don't get to go to the Bahamas on our vacation. Right. We use it to go to Quebec with the hockey team. Yeah. And we use it to go here to Fredericton. Sure. But we do it because those lessons they learn there are something they take with them for life. And it's something they never, ever forget. And I will, I know all three of us will give up our vacation time to help a kid have a memory for life. Cool. And every time we run into a kid that played for us over the years, the five years we've been together now, every time we run into a kid at the rink and they come up to us and they say, hey, guys, we're like, hey, how's your, how's life going? And they bring up the Quebec trip first time every time. Yeah. Even a kid last year that won Atlantics. Like winning Atlantics for us was the end all to be all. Yeah. You know, because Pete won it before, but we wanted to win it again. Me and Matt went before in Midget. And we got silver and we got bronze, but we never won gold. And we finally won it last year. Yeah. But even those kids last year, they come back and they say, you guys remember on the bus when Wambi and kids were all yelling at each other <laughs> and it was awesome? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just those memories you make that are in the hotel, on the bus. The bus trip is such a big part of it. Sure. And everything is just so awesome. And once parents go on that trip, once the families that were skeptical about it, they go on it. They always come up to us and say, you know, you were right. That trip was something that our family is never going to forget. Absolutely. Something our kid is never going to forget. Yeah. The hockey is awesome. And I will give Marty LeBlanc, his wife was our manager last year, he had the best quote ever about the Quebec tournament. Yeah. He said, you're a peewee kid. As you get older, you forget about the games of hockey you play. You can't remember, oh, you remember when we played this team and all that? Yeah. What you remember is... You remember when we went to Quebec and we pin traded and we met this team from Japan? Yeah. Or we met this team from the Czech Republic? Yeah. Or do you remember when we played Man Tracker in the hotel? Or do you remember when we saw this team play? And remember Valcarche when we went down the hill with the coaches? And yeah. 
Like those are the things that kids remember. And sure. that's why that trip is in place. Absolutely. And we could easily get rid of it and just say, we're going to the spot or something instead. Yeah. But they would miss out on that memory. And that's why teams like ourselves and Sackville and a few other teams, they all believe in that trip. Sure. And that was a big part of this new provincial-wide league. Yeah. They didn't want the Quebec tournament in place. Okay. And I will give coaches as much credit as I can. There were a few that I'm not going to name them, but a few stood up and say, if we're not allowed to go to Quebec, we're not going to be in the league. Yeah. Because they believe that strongly about the trip, and they viewed it the same way that we viewed it. Sure. And uh, Bedford's backed us on the way we viewed it. And uh, I just hope it keeps going because I know the group this year will really enjoy it just like we have over the years. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm a 44-year-old dad now, and, you know, I, I, I hang around with a bunch of people in my personal life who are former hockey players who mm-hmm. played in the Pee Wee uh, Quebec tournament <laughs> 20, 30 years ago. And they're just like, th- and they're still talking about it. They're talking about their pins. They, they all have their pins still. Yeah. Like. So when obviously we were super happy when our son makes the hockey team and, you know, we have this opportunity. That, that for him is the epitome. He's been thinking about this C- Quebec trip for three years. Yeah. Yeah, sort of that's that's what we and we forget about funny. that. We forget about that as coaches a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every year we pit the team. We forget how big of a deal it is to be on this team. It's is huge. And my guy was devastated last year when he didn't make the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dev- understandably so. Devastated yeah. in the sense that okay, yes, he didn't make the team, but also he had it in his mind. This is going to be the the year that I get my chance to go to on that yeah. on that Quebec tournament. And you know what? I'll give Sean McKenzie credit. He reminds us of that every year in tryouts. Sure. Every year when there's a second year Pee Wee kid, he said, you know. Are you going to rob this kid of that Quebec experience? Right. And we sit around, we say, you know, we want as many kids to experience Quebec as possible. Sure. As many as possible. And yeah, the the whole thing, we forget about it sometimes as non-parent coaches. That's the one thing we don't really think about as often. But it really comes back to us, you know, you see those smiles of the kids when we're there and you see them having a good time. You see how the bus ride up is just an absolute gong show at times because yeah, the kids sure. are so excited. Yeah. And it's not like we've ever, like we've never won it. And I don't know if we ever will. There's only been one Nova Scotia team that's won the BSR tournament and they had a special player named Sidney Crosby on their team. So right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But I'd, like we said, it's not about the hockey. It's about no. those life lessons and things you'll never forget. And Absolutely. I'm glad this group of 17 kids and families get to experience that this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Um, I don't know if I have anything else, guys. I think that'll cover it. You guys have any clo- uh, closing sort of thoughts on, you know, what you're expecting to see this year? Uh, I'm not going to say that I want to see back-to-back Atlantic champions, but you might have some heard of the parents you. are talking about some, that. Some yeah. are, we're quietly hoping for it, for sure. There's no question. But um, you know, do you have any sort of thoughts on where you'd like to see the team? You know, obviously where we are now and where you'd like to see us finish uh, towards the end of the year. Oh, I think I just we just want to see the group get to provincials. Obviously, um, from there anything can happen. Um, it's Peewee, as Greg said before. Yeah. They're thirteen-year-old kids, twelve, thirteen-year-old kids. Yeah, you never know. So um, I just want to see them get there and get in that moment, and then play it by ear and see what happens. But um, sure. there's no other expectation on the team other than other than that. I'd say yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, I mean. I think we all we've said it before lots of times there's a certain way this team has to play that we know to be successful in this age group. Yeah. Um, and it's completely different in every age group. You know, when contacts introduced, it can change the team completely. But in this age group and P there's a certain way our team has to play that's been successful over the years. 
and we need to get our team to that point. We've shown glimpses of it so far, but I think our goal as a coaching staff is to get our team to play the way we need to on a consistent basis. Sure. So that if we do get to provincials, we're confident we can play that way on a consistent basis. Yep. And not have like the two good games, one bad game and yep. the ups and downs of hockey. But you know, so far this year we've had a team of kids that hang on our every word. They they want to learn. They want to get better. No one's shown us any attitude yet. None of the parents have shown any signs of rebellion against us. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's been a great year. You know, everyone's been so supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole parent group. I want to give a shout out to your wife, Alana, who's been just an absolutely amazing team manager so far. Yep. Um, Carrie Chandler's been a great treasurer so far. You're doing an awesome job with our social media. I mean, I used to run the Twitter account. I haven't logged into it in two months, so <laughs> that's awesome. That's right. Um, but everyone's stepping up and doing, uh, helping out with the parent group. Sure. And the Jordan Boyd tournament, like the parent group, just knocked it out of the park. Like it was such a crazy weekend. And it's you know that that was one thing you know what, as we're here in Fredericton and we're at the Buster Harvey tournament, you know, Alana and I both said coming in, you know, every chance you get, you got to thank those people that are running that tournament because nothing made us feel better after the Jordan Boyd. The coolest thing for me, actually, I think we went, we had a game. Where did we have our next game after the Jordan Boyd? I can't remember where we were. Anyway, we were wherever we were. We walked into the rink. We were in Cape Breton. Yep. There was a guy working out on a bike up in the top corner, and yeah. as he came running by me to run up the stairs, he goes, you guys put on a great tournament last weekend. And I that's went, awesome. holy cow, that's really cool. Yeah. He recognized that we were the families that were there, and he just said, you know what, you did a great job. So we said, to, Alana and I both said today, we were just like, you know what, thank everybody you see who's there because they're putting in their time and their effort and they're volunteering, and they're just, you know, they're just trying to make the experience awesome for their kids. So... Um, shout out to the gang here at the uh, the Buster Harvey tournament in Fredericton. You guys have been, obviously been here a number of years, but in my three days that I've been here so far, they've been they've been phenomenal. Well, shout out for the past five six years we've been here together as a staff. Every year they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, every single year they just great tournament. Yeah, and uh, every year we make sure they know what a great job they did. Like for sure. we have a semifinal tomorrow and hopefully a final. But before we leave, we will make every kid go up and thank the tournament for. For sure. What they've done over this weekend, because as you guys know, it's a ton of work to put on a tournament. It is. It's a lot. So <laughs> let's uh, let's end it on that note. Let's go actually win this tournament. Let's go bring oh, home that, our first awesome. banner of the year. <laughs> and uh, and so BDMHA, watch out, because uh, we're going to bring home a banner. Hopefully we get a day off for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to Sean about that. We'll see what we can do. All right, guys, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, we hope you will uh, we'll do it again. Maybe at the end of the year we'll have some, uh, some other things to talk about, some other things to celebrate. Oh. And uh, thanks. Come find us in Quebec. Thanks for doing us. Sweet. Yeah, we'll thank, you. thank you. Awesome. Okay, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that interview. It's a great kind of seeing a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff with the Pee Wee AAA team uh, and coaches uh, Greg McDonald, uh, Pete McIsaac, and Matt. Matt Wombolt. You know, all three guys are really great coaches. They were fun to talk to, uh, really have some interesting insight. Uh, you know, they really relate well to the kids. I can speak on behalf of the parent group for that Pee Wee AAA team. They're, you know, the kids really, truly respect those three coaches. They love going to the rink and playing for these guys as they have for many years through the Core Skills program. Um, you know, they're just excellent coaches. Um, so I want to certainly give them a shout out and take my hat off to them. Uh, again, they're not just sort of teaching our kids hockey skills. They're teaching them life skills for anybody who may have, uh, you know, caught it. Um, 
on the weekend, I, p- I did post on uh, on Twitter on their Pee Wee AAA uh, Twitter account that it was it's not always about hockey. The coaches took some time on Remembrance Day, as did many of the teams around the league, and I'll talk about that in a second. But um, you know, they took the time to to do a little Remembrance Day uh, ceremony with the kids at the tournament. Um, you know, respectful moment of silence by the kids. Great speech by uh, by Coach Greg McDonald. Um, you know, again, it, it, hockey is not all about wins and losses. It's about developing kids and making them better people. So, you know, I think the Pee Wee AAA coaches and all of the coaches throughout the BDMHA Association um, do a great job of, uh, of raising our kids up properly and, and teaching them right from wrong, as well as teaching them to be uh, great, great athletes and great hockey players. So again, shout out to all of those teams who I did get at a lot of stuff through our social media accounts. Um, I saw a lot of uh, teams going out and supporting uh, the, the Remembrance Day, uh, different different events in their communities, whether it be going to the Cenotaph. Um, you know, one of the teams actually picked up uh, some of the, the chairs and things like that after an event. Um, you know, so great on you guys for, for, for recognizing community service as well as, uh, you know, just being great, uh, great all-around people and great all-around players. So let's hop into some Blues news. We're going to end this episode with some news uh, coming out of BDMHA for the week. First one I want to talk about is Movember for the Midget AA team. Uh, Coach Jamie Moore reached out to me uh, to tell me about his players on the Midget AA team who are participating in the Movember campaign to help raise funds and awareness for men's physical and mental health causes. Coach says that the variety of stashes on the team uh, is hilarious, but their commitment to help others is admirable. Please consider making a donation to the team's Movember campaign. I'm going to post a link to the campaign at linktr. ee slash bdmha. So that's linktree. or slash bdmha. So again, linktr. ee slash bdmha. Uh, they're currently just over halfway at the just over the halfway mark to their fundraising goal of one thousand dollars. Great job, guys, and keep it up. And I uh, hope that you reach your goal. And look forward to uh, seeing some photos uh, of those mustaches come through, so that we can post them out on social um, and have a little bit of fun at your expense. The last day for the BDMHA 50-50 online ticket purchases is Thursday, November 14th. So that's tomorrow. So if you have anybody out there who you want to get in on the 50-50 purchasing, send them your URL so that they can go online and make their purchases. All of the paper tickets should have also been returned to your team's 50-50 coordinator. If you have yet to do so, please jump on that ASAP. That needs to be done Right away, um, people will miss out on their opportunity to win the 50-50 if you have tickets that do not get returned. Um, online ticket sales currently sit at $18,740. This does not include sales from paper tickets. So the jackpot is going to be significantly larger than 18740 So when those paper tickets get tallied and all of the money gets counted for, we will have a grand total. The next draw will be held on Sunday, November 17th at 6 p.m. We're going to do the draw live on Facebook, so spread the word and tell everyone to tune in to our Facebook page at 6 o'clock on Sunday, November 17th. I'll be there. We're going to do a draw, the live draw, and announce the winner of the next 50-50. 
And our final news story for the week is another call for support from our entire BDMHA family. For those of you who may or may not know, one of our BDMHA families is currently dealing with some major health concerns. Joanne Lenahan, longtime BDMHA volunteer and board member, was diagnosed last September with a grade 2 astrocytoma in her left temporal lobe. Because of the location, the tumor is inoperable. After multiple treatment approaches, the tumor has yet to improve, and the Lenahans have elected to try alternative treatments, and they will be working with a doctor in the United States. Joanne and Ken will be traveling to the U.S. where she will be receiving treatment in an effort to fight this terrible disease. Joanne continues to remain positive, as always, and is ready to continue to fight this for her husband, Ken, her two boys, Zach and Carter, and herself. There is currently a GoFundMe page set up by Kyle Schmeiser on behalf of the Lenahans, which I have posted the link for at linktree slash BDMHA. Again, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash BDMHA if you wish to donate online. There's also going to be a fundraising poker tournament on November 30th at the Timber Lounge in Halifax called Poker for Joanne. All proceeds will be given to Joanne and her family. However, in order to make this tournament a success, we also need prize donations for the winners. If you or someone you know would like to make a donation for a prize for this tournament, please reach out to Rob Cameron or Joe Shanahan. Rob Cameron can be reached at RC or sorry, rcameron at cbi.ca. And Joe Shanahan can be reached at J Shanahan, S H A N A H A N at cbi.ca. This is a obviously tough time for the Linehan family. As an association, we need to step up and help these guys out. Um, they Joanne has given so much to the association and the organization uh, and all of our families. She is a wonderful person. Let's do the best we can to try to you know, raise some funds and really help their family out in the time of need. So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, go hug your loved ones, and we will see you at the rink. Go Blues!